Where's the microphone line, do you know? Nope. So this message is uh, is called the call, um, and uh, I guess the the big questions that I'm I was asking myself um, as I was preparing this, and as we kind of come into the end of the year, and um, I know I always bag on the end of the year and how people celebrate New Year's, and it's like okay now I can start over and like I don't have to deal with anything that was in 2018. I don't believe that, but I do love that um, we do kind of have a reset, you know, and how we kind of use that to our advantage for our faith walk. Um, so couple couple questions that I was um, that I was really asking myself of, of like how I kind of go into the next season and what what it actually looks like in my life was, um, have I ever felt lost? Did I feel lost in 2018? Mm. You know? Um, or, which way did I go in 2018? Um, or, how did I get out of that situation in 2018? You know, all these kinds of scenarios. Or, um, what did I do in 2018? Why, why was I here in 2018? What did the Lord call me to in 2018? Um, and then, as I step into kind of the end of the year and into January, I say, okay, what uncharted territory have I not stepped into? Um, just in my faith walk, you know? And I, I, I want to kind of get across how I think all of us, no matter, and I, I'm going to debunk this next year, um, but all of us, can get to a point where we don't have walls and don't have boxes around areas of our life. Um, and I, I, I have an entire series planned out of how we're going to kind of talk through this in 2019. But even in my own life, I like to say that I'm very open-minded, you know, quote-unquote open-minded. And um, how I, I, not like in the hippie sense where I'm just yeah. like, oh, cool, that's like... That star means this kind of thing, right? <laughs> like not horoscope related, um, but like truly like open-minded with the Lord. I don't try to put Him in any boxes. You know, people always ask me what kind of denomination I'm part of. You know, which which way do I lean? And do I lean Baptist or Charismatic or Pentecostal yeah. or Presbyterian or or Nazarene? What what is it? And I'm yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know who I I, I don't know what denomination I am. Um, and, I, and really the way I've always answered that is I read the Bible and I do what it says um, I don't, I'm not affiliated with anybody I, I don't like more one side more than the other I think there's a lot, a lot of wisdom on either side and I think there's abuse on you know, both, both extremes if you will um, and I never want to get to that point you know I want to I want to just seek the Lord I want to read scripture and and do what he says but I, I I have these boxes around some areas and I want to get to the point where I don't um, where I just say okay Lord have free reign over me if you truly are infilling me truly infill me and don't let some boxes not have you in them kind of kind of mentality um, and you know, when I was a little kid, my my mom instilled this fear into me and my siblings of um, when anybody came to the door, they were here to murder me. <laughs> okay, um, my mom 
is a criminal justice major, um, so she her mind thinks that way. Um, and whenever somebody came and knocked on the door, it was always like, okay, run the opposite direction. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was probably not the greatest fear that she instilled into us, but it kept us safe, um, and it kept us not from running to the door as a five-year-old or as a ten-year-old answering the door to a complete stranger. Um, so, um, this this fear kind of still stays with me a little bit today. Um, you know, when somebody knocked on my door at my apartment or knocked on my door at my house, uh, at, at my house, I, I would kind of panic a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, she's here. Like, what's going on? Like, why? Why is somebody at my door? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, Then I read Revelations 3.20, and it says, Behold, uh, this is God talking, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and I will dine with him, and he with me. Which is really cool, right? Yeah. Just that kind of whole, like, okay, the Lord's knocking on my door. The Lord's knocking on not only just my, my temple, my physical temple, um, but he's knocking on these areas in my life. You know, these boxes in my life that I haven't really let him have access to. Um, and I found a lot of comfort in that. And over the years I've noticed that the, door, uh, that the Lord is always knocking on these doors of my life. And sometimes I approach these doors the same way that I did as a little kid. Like he's knocking on this area of my life and I know that he wants access to that area of my life, but I'm like, oh, maybe... I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm a little scared of what's on the other side. What's that mean for this area? Are you going to embarrass me with this area? Well, uh, there's a lot of, you know, stress, you know, sometimes anxiousness around it. Of like, okay, if I open this door to this, this sin in my life, how are you going to expose it? You know, this is kind of a jacked up way that I think of my, of my God sometimes. Like, okay, what's this depth of my heart? And how are you going to bring it out into the open? Or are you just going to let me and you deal with it? <laughs> you know? Because um, I like, you know, I'm a pretty secretive guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I like to deal with things on my own, kind of, on my own. Uh, and with the, with the Lord. I don't, if you ask Madison, I don't really, I don't really open up that much. I'm a very, I'm very in. You know, I'm a very um, internal processor, if you will. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not like Andrew. You know, where Andrew talks and that's how he processes sometimes. And I'm not like you, Josh, where you talk and you you are a processor outside. I, I, I'm not that way. I don't think Blake is that way either. Where I just, okay, I get in my own head and I think. And I think and I think and I think. Um, so... I envision our hearts, you know, with these walls um, up around specific areas where maybe we've been hurt in the past or where we don't like people to see, you know, where um, maybe there's a little bit of shame in those kinds of areas. Um, and what was I? Oh, and I envision our mind with the same things, you know, our, our, our minds, not just our hearts. Um, we've got walls around all these things and I believe that on all of these things there's a door you know if we can really take our kind of our picture mind to that spot 
where, okay, I'm seeing this shame in my heart, but there's a door and the Lord's knocking on it. You know? Like, wow. I think of, I think of like, um, like Sims. <laughs> you know? My favorite part, have you guys ever played Sims? Yeah. No? My favorite part of Sims was building the houses. I've always been just, I always loved building the houses and just making the blueprints to these houses. I'd get the cheat codes so I could build the biggest house and have the most fun with these, right? And uh, I envision it the same way, Lord, looking into my house, my, my, my physical temple, my, my life, my heart, my mind. He's looking into it, and there, there's never a room that doesn't have a door on it, but sometimes it's closed. And I just need to be the one to open it. And let him in, right? Do we approach the door and just look out the peephole and run and hide, or, or do we approach the door and open it? Because I, I, if we believe that the Lord is standing at the door and knocking, then why wouldn't we give him access to it? You know, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we swing wide that door and say, "All right, come on in, come dine, and come dine in this area." Um, but we have a ton of uncertainty that surrounds our lives. The Lord wants to just open the door of our heart and mind. And we should be praying that the Lord would rip the door off. You know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish that I wish that our <laughs> our God was a little bit more aggressive over our lives. You know? Mm-hmm. I wish he was more of a SWAT team. <laughs> you know? I wish he was more of a SWAT team trying to get into that house where he'd bring the, the barricades. And I, I do believe sometimes it is this way. But I wish, I wish he wasn't the, the person knocking. You know? I wish he was the guy with, the, with angels on, you know, on the... What, what's it called? Battle Ram. Battle Ram. Just booming those walls down. Ripping... And you know, I've seen those in like, um, live PD where they freaking rip the face of the house off, you know? I wish it was sometimes like that. But in Revelation 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Whoa. Like, how gracious, you know? What a, what a father. You know, I would not want my father to blow my door down into my room just to talk to me. I, I I always want when I when I got in trouble, my dad would always knock on my door and say, "Hey, are you ready to talk yet?" You know, Dang. with that kind of grace. And I was like, "Well, because you approached it that way, yes." <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so, though, yeah, we should be praying into those areas that the Lord would rip that wall down. You know so that it can't be reinstalled into its original state. You know? If you know anything about home remodels, it's really hard to patch an area when it's been blown off. Yeah. Right? If you punch a hole in the wall, it's really hard to make that spot blend in again. <laughs> right? When we walk in this freedom, we give the Lord access to our lives. This is what true surrender really looks like. And that's why tonight is called the the call. Not not to be confused with um, by a call, but with the call. And I think every single person in this room, and I think every single person who's hearing this, um, has a call on their lives, and it looks different than everybody else's call on their lives. 
You know, like I talked before, we have posts. And if you're on my post, you're actually hurting me, right? You're, you're kind of stymieing my growth, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, every single person has a distinct call over their lives, and it looks different than anybody else's. When I was younger, um, like in elementary school, I, I played a 2K8. 2K8. All right. That's old. That's old. It was actually not elementary school. It was probably middle school. 2K8. Yeah. 2K8 was middle school. Okay, so maybe it was elementary for me. No, the high school for you. It was in. Eighth grader. You're older. Eighth grader. Freshman year in high school for you. Oh. 2K8. My notes are wrong. I got my years confused. I remember playing 2K8. And I was big into the NBA back then with the when the Nuggets were called the Thuggets. You know? Yeah. Those were the best days of the Nuggets. But I guess that it's a new the Nuggets are doing well. Right? Oh yeah. They're doing pretty, pretty amazing. But the days with uh Kenyon Martin, you know? Remember Kmart? Yeah. Um, Mello, AI and J. R. Smith. I can't believe he's still playing. Um they were always getting busted in clubs and getting in fights. It was just Crazy, and their their basketball games were more like hockey games. <laughs> they were nuts. Fight, yeah, they were crazy. Uh, I, me and my dad were. I, my dad hated it, you know. Really? But he did. <laughs> he hated it because uh, he grew up playing basketball. He was really good at basketball growing up, um, and I loved it. I freaking loved how intense it was. <laughs> so we would go into those games and. The next day, I would go out after school and and try to do what AI would do and and get beyond frustrated because I couldn't. You know, I would try to mimic them, right? And that's really what we were talking about earlier. It's pretty weird. Um, wow. And I was obviously not destined to be a pro um, basketball player. <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> we all agree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I told I I told you that really dumb story to exemplify something that I was not called to, um, and it was not my destiny. Right? It wasn't who I was called to be. You know? Some people are. Great. Um, awesome. What's the word destiny mean? Um, it's like, uh, it's your calling to do something that you feel led to do, and your destiny is like, what what the rest of your life is going to be, what are you focused on, it's that one objective, it's one goal, almost as if it's like, the only thing that you're ever going to focus on is this. Okay, cool. Anybody else want to add to that? For me, it's, it's I, I, I think it ties directly in with, like, legacy. So, like, oh. ultimately what, like, your <laughs> legacy becomes. Yeah. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and it says, the events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or a thing in the future. Hmm. Um, you know, being destined to do something. Um, does anyone know what their destiny in their life is? Like today, do we know what we're destined to be today? I feel like I do. I truly feel like I, I know where the Lord is taking me. Mm. I know where my, my destiny is in the Lord. I know what He's preparing me for for the future. Anybody else have that same certainty? I feel like I have that with certain things, but not with all things. Not with all things? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I know what the Lord wants me to do. I don't feel like I really want to do it. Though. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. There's that wall. I believe we can't know our destiny until the Lord tells us what it is. 
obviously, right? Um, again, he stands at the doors and knocks, waiting for you to open up to his promises and to his truths about who we are supposed to be in this life. Um, today I want to spend a lot of time in Jeremiah. Um, it's going to be our, our main passage for tonight, Jeremiah chapter 1. Um, so if you guys have, it looks like you guys all have Bibles, yeah? Cool, so open up to Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to be um, in, we're going to start in verse 4. And I'm going to kind of go through this story twice um, and kind of portray two different lenses on it. Um, so, okay. you guys ready? What was it? Jeremiah chapter 1, verses, we'll start in verse just 4 and 5. Good? Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, right, this is Jeremiah talking, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, and this is the Lord speaking in verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Okay? So that's what the Lord spoke over Jeremiah's life. Wow. Right? This is Jeremiah chapter 1, the first... Thing the Lord ever spoke to Jeremiah, this is it. I knew you, I created you, I consecrated you, and you are to do this to the nations. Whoa. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. Um, before his mom and dad even met, um, before his, cram his grandparents were even born, he knew Jeremiah, he formed Jeremiah, and he attached blueprints to Jeremiah. That's incredible. In this, story, in this story, the Lord is talking directly to Jeremiah, obviously, right? Um, and at the end of verse 5, it reads, I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. You guys all know what a prophet is, yes? Yeah. Good. A person regarded as an inspired teacher, a proclaimer of the will of God. One who hears from God and is in charge to speak it. That's a big calling. Huge. Um... This is not a light calling by any stretch, right? Um, and as you may envision yourself hearing from God, Him saying, hey, you're going to talk for me to all of my people for the rest of your life. It's a high call. Um, but let's keep on reading. Verses 6 and 7. Then I said, uh, Then I said, Alas! Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, because I am just a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am, I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and that all I command you, you shall speak. Okay, so Jeremiah responds probably the same way that I might, right? It's like, uh, no way. I'm way too young, <laughs> uh, and there's no way anybody's going to listen to me. Right, uh, and the Lord sets him straight and says, "Don't give me a lame excuse like that ever again." Right, <laughs> um, that, and he's like, "Maybe try something a little bit better next time," kind of thing. Um, and states, "Jeremiah called you to this, and don't run run from it." Okay, and uh, let's keep on going. Verses seven through ten. Okay, seven through ten says, "But the Lord said to me, don't say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go.'" And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, 
For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretches out his hand and touches my mouth. And the, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Verse 10. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Pretty sweet. What a common misconception of being a Christian and, and doing the Lord's work is everything will get easier. Obviously not true. Right? Some things get easier, you know. Um, it's easier to walk with the Lord instead of try to figure out what you're doing, you know, because <laughs> um, He knows what you're doing. Um, but God told Jeremiah, I will deliver you. I will deliver you from trouble. And, and uh, sorry, God told Jeremiah, I will deliver you from trouble, not to keep you from, not to keep trouble from coming to you. Okay, thank you. Sorry. He said he will deliver, not keep, trouble from happening, right? Um, God didn't insulate him from being put in jail and sold and junk, you know. God didn't keep him from encountering life storms, but he helped and guided him through them. Let me say that again. God didn't help him, or sorry, God didn't keep him from encountering life storms, but he helped and guided him through them. God walked alongside Jeremiah as he walked with him. God called Jeremiah to speak God's thoughts to governments and kingdoms, a high call. And verse 9 is just cool, right? Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth. And the Lord said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Wow. So cool. That's pretty awesome. I wish I could have that. That's awesome. Like, literally, stretched out his hand. It's amazing. Now a little bit of background on the story, and then I want to go through it again, okay? So the first time, um, first time through may have been more of a, oh, cool, this happened. You know, cool thing, Old Testament, very legalistic, very lawful, yippee, yippee ki um, And, you know, Lex, we live in the New Testament, um, and this would be a lame religion if that was it, but we have a different lens as we get to read this story, right? We are post-crucifixion, we are post-Pentecost, we have Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. So what does this mean? The thing that took me a long time to figure out is that the Old Testament foreshadows a ton of the New Testament. And I can't wait to preach this on EVs. Has said this is a this is kind of a I'm I'm taking a completely different approach to Eve's, um, where it's going to foreshadow and foreshadow and foreshadow all, um, but anyways, so um, I want to bring this story to an application with a kind of a different lens, a New Testament lens, New Testament eyes on this passage. So let's go back to verse four and five. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Bef and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So this time, I, I want to read it one more time, and insert you instead of Jeremiah. Okay? So insert your name in this, right? 
Isn't it crazy that the Lord had you in mind before He was doing anything? Before your mom and dad and parents even met, before your grandparents were even born, He knew you and He formed you and attached plans to you. Wow. And Galatians 1, 15 through 16 says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Then it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me, so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out and consult with any human being. I love that that's added in there. I did not rush out and consult with anybody else, but I heard from the Lord and I did it. <laughs> right? That's amazing. Jeremiah was appointed by God. Guess what? So are you. You know? So are you. Does anyone know that they are called by God to do His work? Yeah. Like, we have to know that. We have to get revelation of that. It wasn't just for these people in the Bible. It wasn't just for Peter and Paul and Jeremiah and Isaiah. It wasn't for Moses and, and, and Noah and all of these guys. It was for all of us. And it is for all of us. I think sometimes we do the same thing that Jeremiah did in verse, um, one through six, or, sorry, verses, um, verse, verse 6. Lord, I'm young, dumb, and broke. I cannot do your work. And we make up all these lame excuses where I'm not qualified, I don't know what I'm doing, I care about other things too much to do this, and I'll do it when I'm older, kind of excuses. I love thinking through what ifs. What if Jeremiah ran away from his calling? You know? What if that happened? What if he heard this, Lord, uh, heard this word from the Lord in chapter 1, and... He was like, I no way. I'm out. I don't think be there. Yeah, like what would happen? My and I've I've said this before many times. You know, my biggest fear is um, hearing the Lord speak to me and not doing those things. You know, and and watching those things happen. Yeah, watching those things happen in somebody else's life when they were already spoken to me first. My biggest fear is my biggest fear. I, it's like terrifies me. Like, okay, the Lord spoke that over me. I was disobedient, and then I'm watching Andrew walk in it. Like, that's jealousy. You know, I think that's jealousy. Of like, man, I, Andrew was obedient, but I wasn't. You know? What if Jeremiah ran away from his calling? And what happens if you run away from your calling? You know, if Jeremiah ran away from his calling, we wouldn't have this book. We wouldn't get to even have this sermon tonight. Uh, you know, we wouldn't get to gather and talk through this book of Jeremiah. We wouldn't have another prophet to kind of learn from and look up to, you know. We wouldn't have any of these stories of, the, of Jeremiah in Scripture, and they would mess us up. But let's read verses um, 7, through, 7 through 8 real quick. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth, because where I send you, you shall go, and where I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. 
I love how bluntly the Lord speaks here. And um, he, uh, he essentially says in the, you know, in the LT translation, um, stop giving lame excuses. And then says, where I tell you to go, you'll go. And what I tell you to do, you will do. What if the Lord spoke that over you? He already has. Good. Because that was going to be my next point. You know, <laughs> like what if the Lord straight up said, hey, listen here, you're going to do this and you're going to walk this way and you're going to do what I'm going to do. And you're going to, you're going to say what I'm going to say. And you're going to be a part of everything that I'm a part of. And whatever I breathe on, you're going to also act in that same manner. Then nothing's going to hold you back. So the crazy thing is, what is the excuse you are giving the Lord avoiding doing His work? Hmm. You know? It's easy to avoid the Lord. Yeah. It's easy. Because why? He doesn't come with a battering ram. He comes with a knock. Right? Just like it says in Revelation 3.20. He stands at the door and knocks. He's not going to be the... The God who says, all right, I'm coming in, whether you like it or not. He's the one saying, all right, let's see if that person's listening. You know, he doesn't come in a huge doorbell like that. <laughs> he knocks, right? He says, all right, are you waiting for me? Good, it's a real test. Yeah, because not many people knock on the door, you know? Yeah. I knock on the door. I do. I can't stand ringing doorbells. I, I just can't stand it. I never know who's inside, you know? Don't want to wake up babies that's sleeping. You know, Saw that on the door. I can't stand that. I like, I always knock, and usually people are waiting for me. You know, I have an appointment, so I knock, and they're waiting for me. The same way the Lord works in our own lives, right? Are we waiting for Him enough where we can hear the knock on the door, or do we have to ring the doorbell because, you know, mm-hmm. or does He have to ring the doorbell over our lives so that we maybe hear Him? But it doesn't say that in scripture. I've more seen it as a smack in the face. <laughs> I've had it more times. Yeah. <laughs> what is the excuse that you're giving to the Lord, avoiding doing His work? Are you qualified? Oh, sorry, you are qualified because the, because God is qualified. We can't do anything on our own. Um, the Lord guides us. The Lord delivers us. The Lord provides for us. God told Jeremiah, I will deliver you from trouble, not keep you from trouble coming. God is telling you, He will deliver you from trouble, not to keep trouble from coming. God is not the fairly odd parents and makes everything rainbows and butterflies and wealth. (coughs) He is a provider and He gives us exactly what we need. You know, that's prosperity. That's prosperity. It's not more than we need. It's not material things. Prospering with the Lord is saying, hey, I'm going to give you everything that you need, and as you keep on serving me, I will reward you. Just like it says in Scripture. God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That's gorgeous, right? That's beautiful. He is a provider. God didn't keep him from encountering life storms, but he helped and guided him through them. God walked alongside Jeremiah 
as he walked with him. So, at the end of the day, we will go through crap. But, our faith is in the victorious one, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's, um, if it's not there, then the enemy will always win. Right? Jesus is always there, so the enemy can't win. Correct? Mm-hmm. We have to gain some self-confidence just based on those truths alone. And yeah, sometimes life is going to be tough, and um, but it's it's not a call for us to run and hide, and a, uh, it's not a call for for us to run and isolate ourselves. But it's a call to a greater testimony and to champion over that circumstance. Right? Isn't that gorgeous? It's the way it should be. Ephesians two ten says God has made us what we are. We are in union with Christ Jesus and He has created us for a life of good deeds which He has already prepared for us to do. And then First Timothy one set or sorry, Second Timothy one seven says, For the Spirit of God has given us um, sorry, for the spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love, and self control. Let's close with uh, verse 9 and 10. For the Lord stretched out his hand, and he touched his mouth. Sorry. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overflow, to build and to plant. I believe with all of my heart that the Lord has already told us what our call is on this earth. I believe that. If you put your faith in Jesus, you know what your call is. I guarantee it. Tonight, I want the Lord to reach out His hand and remind us of our assignment on earth. Right? Want to rip away kind of the band-aids and rip away the hurts that people have told us, the, the, the untruths that are over our lives? And the cool thing is you are ready because God is ready. And you cannot heal yourself. You know? You can't open up those walls yourself. He has to knock on them first. He has to knock on that door until you say, okay, cool, you're ready. <laughs> right? Okay, you're ready because God's ready. God's ready. He's knocking. So all we have to do is open it. So let's get rid of the excuses, you know. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us again of what He's called us to do. Jeremiah's was a prophet. That's cool, Right? The thing is, when we walk in this, we won't feel lost and we'll know exactly what to do. Right? All through Scripture, there was evangelists, prophets, healers, interceders, servers, preachers, teachers, encouragers, all of these kinds of assignments that the Lord puts out before us. Are you assigned one? Yeah. Are you assigned two? Yeah. Are you assigned all of them? Yeah, as the Lord wills it. Right? You're not... Like we've talked about before, you're not just one. You know, I I I, I was um, reading a book recently, and the guy the guy wrote, "Am I now supposed to call myself an evangelist, a healer, a um, prophet, 
a, you know, all of these different things? No, I'm not supposed to label myself any of these things. Why? Because I didn't do any of them. Right? Because mm -hmm. I didn't do a single one of them. It was all the Lord working through me. I think that's gorgeous. I think He put it better than I could ever put it. Right? Am I supposed to now say that I am just healer, let's Martin? Right? No, I'm not going to limit God to that one thing over my life. No way. That would actually be not only just stifling His power, but stifling what I am supposed to be doing on this planet. If I label myself healer Lex Martin, then, yikes, that's all I'm allowing the Lord work to in me? You know? I mean, that's a cool thing to do, but like, it's a cool thing to be a part of, but that's it. I want to be used in so much more than that. I would love to interpret tongues one day. You know? I can't wait till that happens. I think that would be the coolest. The Lord is knocking on the door for you to open it to your promise, to your calling. Right? So we talked about hurts. We talked about shames in our lives. He's knocking on those areas. We talked about calling and, uh, and destiny tonight. He's knocking on those areas. I think that's beautiful. I think that's an incredible God that we get to come alongside, that we get to put our faith in, and that He actually says, Hey, I'm here. And I have a divine purpose for you. And I've already set up divine appointments for you. I think that's incredible. You know? It's not like he's going to say, Alright, Josh, I'm, I called you to be a prophet. But I'm never going to speak to you. <laughs> right? He doesn't do that. That would be like, Okay, uh, I guess I'm just a prophet and I don't hear from the Lord. Right? No. When he calls somebody to something, he then says, Okay, and I'm going to back it up. And I'm going to set up divine divine, divine appointments for you to walk in it, right? He's not going to gift you with healing. He's not going to say, hey, Lex, you're supposed to heal people. And then he doesn't give you those opportunities. He's not going to do that. He's going to say, cool, Lex, I've called you to heal somebody. Sorry. Lex, I want to use you to heal somebody. And then he's going to set up a divine appointment for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? Very. Mm -hmm. But what do you do with people who uh, put walls around part of their life and they're like, they... They they know it, but at the same time they don't want to like. So for instance, I know this freshman girl, and I don't enjoy the fact that the way she is because it's like she's like not really broken my heart, but just like hurt me because at, at some points I liked her and I thought that she would I thought she liked me too, and then it was just like it changed and she just found found something else, and I was like, what is this? Like, what is this supposed to mean? And then she tells me she's like, all these walls are being put up, and I was like, but. What does that mean? Because you're not, she doesn't explain it, she just bottles it up, and it's almost as if, like, she can't, she's like, she doesn't know how to open up. And so how would you help somebody with those parts, those walls? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and, and I think it's the usually the last thing that we resort to, is praying for them. Mm. You know, I just yeah. truly just, alright, Lord, I know that you want to do work in every single person's life, so, Lord, I'm going to go after this one person's life until you do it. You know, I'm going to pray over this person every single night when I get home, every single morning when I wake up, and I'm going to I'm going to intercede on behalf of this person because I care enough for them, so I'm going to fill the gap. You know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't have any wise words for that. But when we start praying for somebody, those walls are going to be broken down. And Again, the Lord doesn't say, I stand at Blake's door and knock so that he can have breakthrough over Andrew's life. 
That's not what that scripture says. It says, the, I stand, God stands at the door and knocks and waits for us to open up so that he can dine with us. I'm sorry, but I can't have breakthrough for you guys. Right? I can't do it. Only you can have breakthrough of, over you. Right? I can pray for it. That's it. <laughs> you know, I can help you into it by praying for it, and that's it. That's all I can do. I think that's gorgeous. Right? The Lord, I, I can't, I <laughs> kind of like Bruce Almighty. Right? He couldn't make his, his wife love him again. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't do that. We can't, we can't make somebody do something. Right? It's only them who can do that something. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let me just pray for us and then we can talk a little bit more after. Cool. Lord, I just pray that you would reveal those areas over our lives that we have walls up and around. And Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate our calling to us um, on just a, a, a more clear and a more, um, I don't know, I, I, I guess just open up the door so that we could see it a little bit clearer. And Lord, we, we, we hear your knocking even now, and that we say that we want to step into it, and we want to invite you into these spaces. So Lord, I, I just pray that you would do that over every single one, one of our lives, and that you would have your way, um, that um, the person you have destined us to be would come to fruition. The person that you have knit together in, in our mother's wombs before you, we were even, even a thought in our parents' eyes, that you would uh, that you would knock on those doors and that you would speak life and and that you would break down shame and that you would um uh, you would bring us to a life of repentance lord where where we can be drawn closer and closer to you and lord we just love you and and we pray for breakthrough over our own lives lord i pray that you would continue to knock on those doors that you would be annoying and continue to knock on those doors until we open and that you would that we would invite you in to dine with us. Just as it says in Revelation three twenty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.